0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. If you don't already know, I'm your host, Carolyn Rose Grayson, and on today's episode, we're joined by special guest Shayna Caceres Delaney. Shayna is a queer, black, Haitian American artist and designer, and I'm so glad that they can be here today. How are you doing, Shayna?
1: Good, I'm good today. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing well, thank you. Um, thank you so much for being here. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So to set the scene for the listeners, um, we had first started working together on a previous project of mine, uh, Vanguard Social Visions of Southern Queer Resistance, which, which was a collective art exhibition, uh, featuring work from about twenty Southern QT BIPOC artists, um, and the exhibition as a whole focused on themes of liberation and resistance uh, within those communities, uh, as well as gestures of solidarity. And so um, for my first question, I was wondering, prior to our collaboration, um, where did you find yourself both as an artist and as someone who's active within the community?
1: yeah so um as an artist um i mean i went to art school i actually went to art high school and then i like did um my bachelor's degree in design um and so i've really been like immersed in the art world for like most of my life Um, my dad is also an artist Um, but before the vanguard social exhibition um i had really had my like art practice, um, especially my painting practice, had been taken a (laughs) backseat to my like work as a graphic designer, which is kind of like my day job, what I do um, for a really long time, for like multiple years. So right before the exhibition was when I like got back into painting and also when I first started like exploring abstract painting. So it was a really new journey for me to explore a Medium and like version of my practice that was really like the first time that I was going against like everything that I was like taught in art school um, and actually creating for myself. So, y'all really like found me right at the time that I was like finally feeling like I could get back into art, which was a really incredible experience to kind of like connect in that way.
0: I really do think that our meeting was pretty. Uh serendipitous if you will um and to be honest I'm, I'm really glad that I was able to um you know create a project that you know acted as somewhat of a catalyst for not only myself um but also for other artists um who are part of these communities that I identify with uh, such as yourself um and so, yeah, it was just really great being able to come together and be in community with each other and really talk about things that are truly important um, to our livelihood and uh, the legacy that we have uh, within our communities. And so uh, I just want to thank you again, really.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm also grateful for the project because it really also opened up um, my world in a way where I finally felt like, comfortable enough to like start sharing my art again Um, so you know in a way like that journey kind of like helped open up um, a brand new door for me in like my art um, journey so especially like even with sharing with my friends and family like I had my parents actually like fly into town from South Florida to come to the exhibition um, and also like my best friend from New York came into town so it was a pretty big deal um, because, yeah, everybody was excited that for the first time, here I am, like, actually exhibiting my art and not just, like, yeah, putting it aside.
0: I honestly love that for you, um, and I'm so glad that I could be the person to, to create that, that opportunity for you as well as the other artists. Um, so, yeah, uh, in preparation for this interview, I did quite a bit of digging, and I had read how through your, your practice as a designer with your studio, mixed studios, um, that you worked with two amazing organizations, one being Blue Light Academy and the other being Spring Up. Um, and so I was hoping if you could put into perspective why working with these two organizations was so important and the impact that the work has on community building.
1: Yeah, for sure. So my studio, which is Mixed Design Studio, um, was my self-made graphic design studio, was my way of getting out of the corporate world of graphic design and deciding to really work for myself. Um, I had done freelance for a number of years and also worked with a number of different companies. And I realized that I was just like getting really frustrated with like the industry and the work that I was doing. And I was ready to like step away from it altogether. Um, But I realized that I could like create something on my own. Um, And so that's where Mixed Design Studio was born. And so the intention behind that was to create a studio where I could actually bring like meaningful design to different brands. I work with a lot of like mostly individuals, creatives and like small businesses to like create their brands. Um, I do website design as well and really like focus in on creating something that is like timeless and special for them. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's what my studio is all about. I really am like very picky about like the clients that I work with. I don't really just like Choose anybody to be like, yeah. Let's like create you a flyer or whatever. You know, um, graphic design things. That was what I was doing like for freelance, and I realized that I hated it. Um, And I wanted my work to mean something. Um, And so that was where that really like started, and it was where I started actually finding like meaning in my work Um, because I think that a lot of the times, um, especially with graphic design, I feel like it just gets lost in the shuffle of like, advertisement, um, you know, and it becomes something that is also just, like, not seen as, like, valued um, outside of, like, intentional spaces. Um, so that's also what kind of, like, uh, kind of part of what I do with Spring Up, too. Um, I actually, like, do all of their graphics, um, branding, everything, um, but my, I guess, I um, The way that I got started with Spring Up was pre graphic design before I even started that, when I was still in college. Um, Mm -hmm. And so just to give you a little bit of an idea of what Spring Up is, which is a collective, um, it's an abolitionist collective made of creatives, care workers, transformative justice practitioners, um, and educators that are teaching the liberatory arts at our online school platform, which is Blue Light Academy of the Liberatory Mm -hmm. Arts. Um, And so the collective was actually found by a really good friend of mine. We've known each other since we were literally two years old. We went to Montessori together. them and their partner um, founded this out of organizing work that they started doing in college um, around sexual violence that happens happens on college campuses, um, and so they started to like go to different college campuses um, in like doing this work. A lot of Title IX work um, they were involved with, and Spring Up was born out of that as a place that we could really like come together creatively to like think of a new way of doing things right responding to harm thinking of a new way of being creative in the way that we actually like educate people on um, things like transformative justice right and Mm -hmm. so when they started that was the first time that I had language for a lot of the things that I believed um, in terms of like how our system is run you know i first learned the term transformative justice and i was like yes this makes sense to me you know instead of actually like punishing someone for the harm that they've done going to the root of like why did this harm happen in the first place and Mm -hmm. how do we like make conditions for those harms to not happen and if they do happen how can we like heal the community and the people around the harm in a way that actually like allows for the community to thrive and doesn't just like shovel people into like the prison (laughs) industrial complex you know so that was um one that's really like I got really excited about what it meant to do that sort of work and so I started working alongside them as just a creative one of the first projects we did was actually um a photo shoot it was called the project was called imagine a world and at the time we had a bow tie um line of like very colorful different bow ties that lee and stoss were actually like making by hand um and we did this whole photo campaign around um like street harassment and we in had a lot of different people come to be a part of this um photo campaign about like How would you dress how would you express yourself if you could walk out on the street and not get harassed by people Mm -hmm. for either being black or queer or a woman you know etc and we had like so many different individuals and it was so exciting to be able to just like create something new just from like our minds because we wanted Mm -hmm. to like talk about something and, like, spark conversation, but in a way that was fun and creative. You know, we were selling bow ties. We were, you know, doing something that was, like, very, like, random, but it really did mean something and so yeah that was really like um that's the role that I started to play in spring up and then I've been a founding collective member for the past eight years so I've been alongside them in actually building this community and we um, launched our online school platform about uh in 2020 and so it's been an incredible journey to actually be able to all of the learnings from the past 10 years spring up is actually going to turn 10 next year which is really Mm -hmm. exciting yeah um and share that with the world in a way that other folks can share within their own communities and start to have those conversations and start to open up you know our minds to not only like how we respond to harm but like how do we take care of ourselves within our relationships and within our communities? And those are the things that we like really care about and giving a voice to, you know, especially queer and trans people, people of color, um, all the people whose voices are suppressed in our society right now.
0: So considering that both of these organizations have a framework that's built on uh, concepts of transformative justice and healing, and liberation um, I wonder like what exactly about that speaks to you and like what prompted you to be involved in the the creation and or implementation of such framework
1: so I think that the work it inspired me in in two different ways I think that the work itself right the like knowing that like we can make changes like whether it be small within like your own like pod of five people for example right then those people go out and talk to their people and etc and it can expand but also the way in which we do the work is really like rooted in imagination and creating like really beautiful things um we like make zines you know we have a lot of art projects outside of like our educational material um and having that be the catalyst for like these like social change that we're looking to see in our communities right i think that what inspires me about it is actually having an avenue to be as creative as i want to be um to talk about these things, right? Like we we actually created a zine that was um, an anthology of over 25 different um, con- contributors who were mostly queer and trans youth, who created things like artwork, comic strips, uh, poetry, all around like what an abolitionist future would look like to them. And imagination and like creativity as the like, starting point for change in a way that we can say like if we can imagine it then we can create it and we can build it Mm -hmm. and with the support that we have from you know the folks around us and actually seeing that like it changed relationships within my life like between like me and my spouse you know like the ways in which we actually like communicate with each other we talk a lot about you know what does it mean to have like consensual relationships not just consent in sex you know or like you know the way that you're intimate with other people but just consent in the way that you actually like share ideas um you know and also one of the things that we focus on too is that conflict is inevitable conflict is going to happen so how do we learn ways to actually like engage in conflict in a way that's generative and actually brings about meaningful change or deepening or you know like connecting um and rather conflict as a way to just like add more harm to our lives Mm -hmm. um so yeah those are really like the main points of like what really inspired me about that work and to to actually like continue that on and think of new ways to like expand it
0: so I know like in a previous conversation you had described creativity as being somewhat of a, a vehicle for healing and transformation within our communities and so I was wondering like based on your experience your personal experience as an artist um, what particularly about the creative arts and creative expression seems to give you that impression
1: yeah. So I think that um, for myself, it has really become a vehicle for creating a new language for all of the things that I am going through individually and speaking to like what's happening around me. Um, and I think that it's been a place where i can like dive into self-healing tap into like ancestral healing and put that on a canvas um in a way that i don't think that i could do with words i don't think that i could you know maybe you know some people are writers some people are um you know very good at different like uh avenues of um art but for myself i found that I learned how to use art to heal within and then also invite people into that experience. And I think that especially with abstract art, I did it in a way that leaves it open for people to get into it in whatever way that like makes sense for them right like if you see a piece I could talk to you about like what it meant for me personally um for example the pieces that I showed in the Vanguard exhibition was really about like my journey with um shadow work that process is very different from for other people but I think that allowing folks to like see visually what's there and interpret it in the way that makes sense for them also invites them into a place of healing and so those are like the little things that it it really like speaks to my own soul but in a way that I can connect with other people where I don't actually have to have like those conversations all the time you know I think that that's what's been so liberating for me through my art is I have a lot of time, a hard time with communication. Um, and I have a hard time like speaking about like what it is I'm going through or like how things in the world are affecting me personally. Um, and art has been a way for me to just say those things without the words you know Mm -hmm. I can use that through like my painting through my brush strokes through the actual process of creating a painting is a healing process in and of itself Mm -hmm. Um, and so yeah I think that those were really like the biggest things for me like creativity has allowed me the possibility to see what can be And I think that that like speaks to everything in my life. It's just been, it's been the door that's opened up a whole new world.
0: So to that point of utilizing creativity as a means of reimagining the world for for the better, um, and seeing as that the world is full of binaries and dichotomous thinking, um, in your opinion, what do you think we should do to combat that? Uh, not only as it relates to issues of gender and sexuality, um, but also those which exist in tandem. Yeah, I think that
1: um, one of the first steps is just like acknowledging the fact that our society is full of binaries. Um, I think that one of the hardest things when having like a conversation about like, the binaries that exist within our like everyday life is that folks really just think you know mostly of like oh are you are you talking about like gender right now or are you talking about sexuality and it's like no actually you know there's so many binaries that we're living with that are like giving us a lot of restrictions that we're not aware of you know and so Mm -hmm. really just like starting to one become aware of those things um and then actually be active in like the unlearning process you know it's one thing to also like say that they exist but it's another to like go deep inside to like start unlearning those things especially if you know those binaries are making our lives easier you know or making our lives more comfortable you know for a lot of people it's the discomfort of understanding that there are more than like you know two ways of thinking, you know, there's more than just good and evil. Then it gets really scary to think about like what exists in between that and all around it, you know? The same mm. with um gender. I think that um a lot of the times why that becomes such a like intense conversation is because it starts to unravel the things that we've been taught in our mind as like true, you know? Mm. The moment that we learn that like things are not just true and false everything starts to kind of explode or implode you know and so I think that um it really is like you have to be committed to that process of unlearning and then open to the fact that like it starts to create possibilities um and I think that that's also like something that's really beautiful about starting to like Take apart those binaries. Um, is that there's so much more world, there's so much more life outside of the binaries that we are living in, and we can start to like actually access those things um, once we, you know, begin to unlearn and break those things down.
0: Yeah, I also think that like the binary <laughs> and in many of its forms like i think it it keeps us trapped in this perpetual cycle of like um just like division you know and like and in turn suffering because of division because it's either one or the other like um i really feel like like the binary if anything is is a it's it kills creativity and imagination um if anything. And so, yeah, I think that by being truly authentic to ourselves, um, we can start to be authentic to the world. um, And really, there will be no need for binaries. (laughs) To that point of breaking out of binaries, um, if you had to say, what can we learn from concepts of queerness or queer theory, especially as regards our push for a version of reality that's much more fulfilling and equitable?
1: Yeah, I think that learning from queerness and queer theory is really an invitation to the opening of possibilities that I was talking about, you know, um, because it really challenges the, like, societal norms and allows us to ask why (laughs) you know like the moment that we start to ask why within like all of these rules or like the way that these systems are put together allows us to start seeing like what the problems are where Mm -hmm. things can be changed where things can be fixed um the moment that we start asking why you know why are things the way that they are we also start to get to like oh okay like this is be a direct result of colonization? Okay, now I understand that like, this is why it's like creating so much oppression for like mm-hmm. all these folks within the society. Um, and we didn't even blink an eye at it, you know? The moment that we actually mm-hmm. like start to to ask those things. And so like, you know, being queer is really pushing against so many things that are taught to us in the society as, like, what is right, um, and the moment that we allow ourselves to kind of, like, learn from that, we can start to push against all of the different things that are oppressing us, you know, as Black folks, as, you know, people of color, queer folks, you know, women, trans folks, we can actually start to say, like, oh, okay, like, what is actually the issues here not just because it's happening to us but because like the system exists for these things to be uplifted Mm -hmm. and now we can start to see that they don't serve us and actually think about like new ways to approach these things new ways to approach our own lives and I think that even starting from our own lives right if we begin to question these things with the people we're in relationships with that starts to also open up the minds of like everybody else around us
0: it also makes me like think like as far as community is concerned like there's been this like I want to say like a drastic shift in collective thinking like I feel like within recent years, like maybe the past year and a half, two years, if not longer, um, I feel like people have started to become more like self-aware as well as like um, aware of what's happening within their communities, like whether it be on a local level, regional, national, or even globally. Um, And so I wonder like, What would you say are the tenets for our collective liberation? And like, how do we either individually or collectively begin to implement these tenets into our daily lives?
1: So yeah, I think that it really begins with the self. Sit with those things that you're like waking up to, right? Realize what it means for yourself. Do you need to do self-reflection? And then from that place... Start like going into connection, opening those relationships up to creativity and imagination and storytelling and start dreaming up new ways of being and talk about it. Talk about it so much that you manifest it to be like real in your own life. Find the moments that you feel truly free. Figure out what happened in those moments and actually try and like spread that. One of the things that's really hard when we talk about collective liberation is, yeah, there are ways of organizing around that. And if you are the type of person that likes to be like at the forefront, on the ground, you know, at the protest, then do that. But that's also also not for everybody. Everybody is not going to be like in the community organizing world. So it really just starts with yourself, healing yourself, learning what it means to actually tend to your own soul and not to the system. Um, and then inviting the people around you to do the same. And the moment that it does that, you know, it can really start to spread in a way that I don't think that even like large movement organizations can, you know, can do um, because it's meaningful uh, spread. And so one of the things that, like, um, I like to talk about a lot is like the like mycelial network of like mushrooms and like how they like connect and like talk to each other. Um, And I really like believe that that is like the way that like things start, right? Like you start with yourself that and it continues to grow and we can actually like move towards collective liberation within our lifetimes just because we're starting to actually allow small clusters of community to feel free and they are gonna share that with other clusters of communities and we'll make a movement that is like a large wave. It just needs to be something that is meaningful and not just as a response to things that are happening like right in the moment. It has to be something that continues to grow. And I think that that's something that yeah it's also sometimes hard with like different movements um is you get the hype of it and then it dies down and then everybody goes back to their own lives right but if in your own lives you were doing this work in little ways that's where the change happens because then it never stops so yeah that's where i think um those are the steps that we can take to really really work towards collective liberation
0: Yeah, I think that definitely puts uh, a lot into perspective, especially just the fact that, you know, when it comes to fighting for liberation and like resisting against various forms of oppression, it's it's a lot of work. It's you know, it takes a lot of time, a lot of energy. It's a lot of I mean, it takes a lot of of our mental and emotional and physical energy um, to constantly push against these things and so i think you know as frustrating as it may get as tiring as it may get there there is something rewarding about it just knowing that you know there's power in numbers there's power in community um and so yeah i I just think that that message alone is is powerful enough to to mobilize people and to inspire people um that as well as just knowing that you know liberation much like art even um is fluid like it could show up in so many different ways and and that's the beauty of it so having said all that um i i believe that's the best way to end this episode um and i want to thank you again so much shayna for being here In community with me and for speaking from the heart, speaking from the soul (laughs) um, and sharing your perspective, not only with me, but also with with our listeners. Um, It's been truly enlightening and insightful and I can't thank you enough. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you so
1: much for having me. This was a really great conversation. I enjoyed it.
0: If you want to know more about Shayna and the work that they're doing, as well as that of future guest speakers, Please be sure to check out the show notes where I'll be including social media links as well as all other important information. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Vanguard Social Hour. This episode of Vanguard Social Hour was directed and produced by Carolyn Rose Grayson in partnership with Southern Equality Studios, the art-based program for the Campaign for Southern Equality.